everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a social spotlight version of the podcast with a man named Frank Arthoffer. Now, Frank is the head of digital, basically, for F1. His official title is the global head of digital and new business. He just started there earlier this year in June, and he's part of the new regime that's come in, the new ownership group. Um, from F1, and I had a good chance to sit down with him during the Austin F1 weekend and talk to him about all things digital strategy for Formula One. So take a listen. All right, everybody, I'm here with Frank Artoffer. How are you, Frank? Good, good. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing great. Um, I'm very excited to be here, and I'm very excited to talk to you about F1 and all things digital media and things like that. Um, You know, I, I, I noticed I think you came on board in June, um, so as you come on board and get started here, what are some of the immediate challenges that you wanted to tackle and what do you see is, is something that you, you want to kind of steer toward improvement? Um, well, listen, I think, uh, you know, as you know, and as our fans more importantly know, we're not really engaged in making a big investment in the digital space to serve fans. Um, I think, you know, our platform is a little bit dated in terms of F1.com and the F1 app. We have a team of, you wouldn't believe it, but less than five who are running all the content on our uh, on our website and our app. You know, we haven't participated in a fantasy gaming space at all. So there's, I think, a lot of opportunity to, you know, deliver an experience to fans that makes us a core part of the way that they interact with the sport in the digital space. And that, you know, certainly exists on our own platforms and even more so probably in the social media space. So to me, that's the biggest opportunity of just investing to drive engagement and, and ensuring that, you know, when fans wake up every morning and Formula One's an important part of their life, that we're a part of that life and we're making it better. So you come in and you see these areas of need, I guess, essentially. Um, like, where do you even start? I mean, if you don't, you don't have a huge staff and you don't have all these things, like, what, what do you decide to tackle first? I guess you sort of start with what your North star is, which is, I guess, a strategy question. And, you know, I've spent a dozen years in media tech, sport entertainment. And I guess, you know, for me kind of going and looking at the big governing bodies who do this really well, NBA is a great example. Um, kind of understanding what it is that makes them great. You know, do they act as a media company and try to cover the sport somewhat independently as an example? Um, you know, are they invested deeply in the platform and technology side of the house to ensure that they're personalizing an experience to fans and serving up the right content at the right time to the right people? Um, so that's kind of where we started of, you know, what are the people who do this best doing and what are the common elements that we want to try to take and, and make exist in the Formula One world? So you come in and people, especially in this world, from what I understand, have gotten used to doing things a certain way for a long time. You meet any sort of resistance, um, you know, when you're like, oh, you know, I want to change this. I'd like to do this. We need to improve this. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I would say that all of the incumbent staff who's sort of in place at Formula One, almost to a man and woman, has embraced change in a material way. So internally, I think there has been very little resistance to it. And in fact, most of our best people have been kind of waiting for this moment. I think the challenge is in changing perceptions outside of Formula One. 
you know, our relationship with teams and drivers. I think we're slowly but surely working to build a more collaborative one. I think certain sponsors probably in the old world of Formula One wouldn't have been interested in participating in the sport given some of the you know the challenges in terms of the way it was operated i think now it's it's sort of moved to where actually we can be leading right the brand is really strong and improving um we're one of the most technologically sophisticated sports in the world which really helps us given the way the market's moving so i i think it's more about kind of the external educating process and and the most important of those constituents is fans and they too are rightly a little skeptical when we say hey we're going to invest in a big way in making great digital content because we haven't really done that for them at the league level teams more so than we have in some cases for decades um but i think we're we're cracking away at that foundation across the board so from a social media standpoint how do you guys operate um i mean is it you have such a broad audience to appeal to and you know like from the nascar world specifically i mean it's like you know, NASCAR is NASCAR. You're a NASCAR fan. You you like certain drivers, but overall, you're a fan of the sport. I, I I don't know how that compares to F1, but how do you present content to your audience with that in mind? Well, I think so. I think we've done a really good job building the foundations of, you know, kind of being fun, being interesting, providing fans unique access um, on social. But I, I do think there's two things that make our sport unique and are both an opportunity and a challenge. The first is the global nature. After the NBA, we have the second most fans of any annual global sporting event in the world. And if you take the U.S. out, we're bigger than the NBA. So if you look at it through that lens, that's a great opportunity, but it also means you need to be relevant to different tastes, different cultures around the world. Um, and I think that's something that we need to start to bring a little bit more to the way that we program and develop and deliver content on social. Um, I think the second piece is we have largely a very unique and exclusive rights position, particularly as it relates to what happens on the track. And we work closely with our broadcast partners to ensure that they have kind of de facto exclusivity aside from us in most markets. And, and I don't think we've done a good enough job at kind of taking advantage of that frankly that opportunity that exists from a video rights perspective you know if we're the only place aside from broadcast partners in the market where you can go and get great data around the race that's live or you know the official highlight at the end of the race that's immediately available which we are i think that's a really great unique selling proposition for fans and a reason for us to be a part of their daily or weekly cadence with the sport and we haven't really elevated that enough so i think that's probably the the second opportunity or challenge um, that we're faced with. So I, I read your bio and it seems like you've done a lot in the OTT space, which for people that don't know is over the top and streaming type things and um, that kind of content. Uh, how do you see that evolving for the future? I mean, I don't know if you can speak to F1 specifically, but just in general, our habits are changing all of us so rapidly. How do you see that uh, changing things in the future? Um, well, certainly it's, you know, obviously disrupting the, the media business in a material way, no more so than here in the U.S., as, as we said, at the Austin Grand Prix um, and the Haas tent. But I think, um, you know, I think for us as a sports right holder, it probably more than anything presents an opportunity, right? There's, you know, more competition in the market for rights, which is a good thing. Um, I think there's more ways to reach fans through the Internet, um, which is a good thing, particularly in markets where cable TV isn't as mature. 
Um, and I think it presents an opportunity for us to go to direct to consumer and, you know, build a, a subscription service that for our hardest core fans, who will always be the most Im important to us, um, super serves them and, you know, may, it deepens their experience uh, in relationship with the sport and with Formula One and, you know, Sean and Chase and Mike and Haas and everybody else here. So um, how, like, where is this all going? I mean, are, do, from a TV standpoint, from a viewing standpoint, are we even going to be watching TV as we know it, um, you know, 10, 15 years from now? We're getting into a philosophical conversation about the future of TV now. This, how much time do you have? I mean, I guess, yeah, I think people will continue to watch TV. I mean, surely. I think it's an impossible question to answer because it's so broad, right? I mean, I think video viewing time is going up. So the value of premium video content will, in my mind, continue to grow. The ways people watch it, the devices on which they watch it, the ability for advertisers to reach consumers in the way that they've always done is going to change. Um, you know, if you take advertising as an example, you're going to see more and more branded content on TV, right? It's become the ad sales sort of soup of the day, if you will, from a digital content perspective. And there's not any big RFPs in the market nowadays that don't come with some kind of branded content element that's editorial, editorially authentic to the fan, but also integrates the brand in a way that makes sense. You're going to see that on TV. It's not always going to be 15 and 30 second TV spots for two minutes every 10 minutes. And that's the break in the content. So, you know, you'll see that in other spaces too, for sure. But I think it all is sort of rooted in the notion that, you know, if you offer a premier piece of content, people are going to care about it and continue to watch it. And technology is unlocking more ways to consume it rather than disrupting that in a material way. Do you have a sense for what kind of content like F1 fans like? I, I, and I'm asking this from a place of pure ignorance. I don't know. Like, are they, are F1 fans in general more into like the technical aspects of it where they really they love the telemetry and the data do they want driver interviews like what what are they seeking out what does well for you guys not well so not all fans are the same obviously right and i think it depends on what platform you're on so social by nature is going to be a broader platform and you need to appeal to a wider set of tastes your own platforms are by nature going to be a slightly smaller group of people as you're further down the funnel and then as you go even further to subscription products, you're even further down the funnel and you have an even smaller audience base. I mean, so I think clearly the hardest core fans that are the least price sensitive that want to spend more time and money with Formula One are going to be the ones that are understand every element of the sport deeply. And, you know, they want the I'm an NBA fan. They want the Zach Lowe sort of style piece for Formula One. Um, you know, statistically driven, really data driven, almost like I'm in the, you know, the strategy room making the decisions around the car and how it gets set up. Um, you know, in social, I think access, kind of understanding of the sport in a little bit more democratized way, some of the lighter elements of the sport, you know, we like to say we take F1 seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. I think that's a probably a space that appeals to a broader range of people. And you know, it can be kind of viral and shareable. I mean, that's fun, right? We want to be fun in that, on that platform. And it's required because we've got, you know, 15 million followers on social versus a million or so that use our platforms on a weekly basis. Uh, it's just a different group. So in the NASCAR world, 
the drivers have sort of been conditioned to play along with social and, and be really a big part of that. Um, how, how willing are the drivers to, you know, accommodate the requests that you guys have or, or do what you guys want if you, have, if you have a pitch for them? I mean, are they in that mode yet or do they have more work to do, I guess, to get there? I would say at the moment we don't pitch drivers directly because we try to build that relationship with teams. Um, I will say that there are a lot of drivers who want to work directly with Formula One and, and sort of see the the direction we're taking in terms of investing in capabilities, investing creatively and editorially in the sport. Um, and I think equally there are teams who support that too and you know, kind of look at it as, hey, if F1 can help us grow this sport, that's a good thing for everybody. Not so much we have to grow the Red Bull team only or the Ferrari team only. Um, but, I, but I guess the, the short answer is varying degrees, but I think most have kind of come around to the notion of social media presence, digital presence, direct relationships and interactions with fan, pretty much net positive for everybody from a commercial perspective, from a sport perspective and from a brand perspective, even if your brand is Daniel Ricardo. Um, so I think, I don't think there's a lot of education to do. It's more about finding the right operating model to work together on it. I know the hot topic around here, at least I hear it a lot is uh, this weekend. Um, you know, what, what can F1 do to get more relevant in the United States? Um, it seems like a long road as, um, you know, motorsport in general is, struggling at times in the United States, NASCAR included. Um, is there anything from a digital standpoint that you guys see, or is it just something that it's going to take time? It's funny. I was uh, walking around Austin yesterday, and like, I saw so many F1 shirts and hats. I heard people talking about it. I heard store owners commenting on how busy they were because F1's in town. So, I mean, it feels to me like Austin's pretty healthy. Um, I know that the sales have been incredible this week. But yeah, I mean, obviously we're we're not in the um, zeitgeist in the same way that other major sports are, in the same way that, frankly, we are in most other countries in the world. Um, I think digital will help, and the presence of OTT will help. I think our ESPN relationship will help, as that's always been a great platform for growing sports. Um, and I think, you know, in general, the the presence of social media and the investment we're making in that space, given how mature that is in the states. Um, should help too. So I think it's it's a lot of things. There's not one silver bullet. Um, it's more like a collection of a lot of small initiatives will hopefully lift the sport. I mean, it is the greatest racing spectacle in the world. So I, yeah, I think it's more about getting fans to try it and understand it than it is about um, really anything else. So we've got to do a good job there. And finally, what else do you want people to know about the efforts that you guys are doing um, that you, you just want to put out there and, and a message to your fans? Um, continue to give us feedback from a fan perspective. We look at Reddit every day and we see the fan forums. So um, it's helpful to, to know how everybody feels about it. And, and then I should also plug the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Um, obviously, we're going pink this week in Austin. Um, and it's a really important initiative for all of us at formula one and it's near and dear to my heart as well actually um so those are the two big messages i suppose i'd leave you with cool well thank you very much for joining us thanks jeff appreciate it all right everybody so there you have it hope you enjoyed getting some insight into f1 strategy there 
if you're an F1 fan, maybe you learned something. And if you're a NASCAR fan, maybe you can compare it to the NASCAR strategy. Obviously, there's no one right answer, but um, it's interesting to see what different people are thinking about the digital age. So I'm off to Martinsville Speedway this weekend, but first I do have some patron shout-outs. People are supporting on patreon.com, and I appreciate their support because it's allowing me to get to these races. And this week I want to thank Jeff Verga, John Wimmer, Russell Solberg, and Mark Vedrero, who already had a family Patreon account with his wife Liz and then decided to make his own as well. So thank you very much, Mark, for doing that, and thank you to everybody who continues to support the website and the podcast. So check back Sunday night for a post-race Martinsville podcast. That should be a fun race. It always delivers. And until then, I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.